Good evening, uh, brothers and sisters. Welcome once again to this online service. We've been talking about living worthy of the Lord because we're a great God who has great calling, high calling for every one of us. And then we are into this series on living worthy of the coming of the Lord Jesus. When He comes, He will be glorified in His holy people. That is found in 2 Thessalonians 1.10. On the day He comes to be glorified in His holy people. So we know that when the Lord Jesus appeared, Colossians 3 verse 4, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. This is what God has promised us on that day when He comes. We will appear in, with Him in glory. So, how do we live our life now? We need to be preparing for that day. We need to live worthy of this hope, of this, this uh, uh, promise that God has given to us. Otherwise, we will miss it. Even though this is God's intention, but we will miss it because the Bible tells us that we are to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Yes, we begin by faith and continue by faith. But faith without work is dead. So we, we, we got to prepare ourselves for that great day. And even the Lord Jesus, when He's on earth, when He's teaching, He always talk about be ready, be ready, be ready. And we want to go into the book of Amos in the Old Testament because the nation of Israel, they were hoping that when the day of the Lord appear, their trouble will be over, it will be great victory, it will be great glory and honor coming to them. So this is their hope for the day of the Lord to appear, just like Christians. But will we face the shocking truth when He appeared, instead of glory, it is suffering, it is darkness. Let's read Amos 5, verse 18. He said, Woe to you who long for the day of the Lord. Why do you long for the day of the Lord? That day will be darkness, not light. Verse 19. It will be as though a man fled from a lion only to meet a bear, as though he entered his house and rested his hand on the wall only to have a snake bite him. Will not the day of the Lord be darkness, not light, pitch dark without a ray of brightness? Isn't it shocking? I thought the Word of God tells us that it is brightness, it is light. And yet the Word of God say, hey, why are you hoping for that day to appear? Because it's not going to be favorable to you. So what happened? Why? The people of God could miss that glorious day when we will appear with Him in glory 
and He will be glorified in us. Why? Let's continue to read verse 21, Amos 5, 21. He said, I hate, I despise your religious festivals. Your assemblies are a stench to me. Even though you bring me burnt offering and grain offering, I will not accept them. Though you bring choice fellowship offerings, I will have no regard for them. Away with the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music of your harp. But let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never-failing stream. Verse 25. Did you bring me sacrifices and offerings 40 years in the wilderness? People of Israel, you have lifted up the shrine of your king, the pedestal of your idols, the stars of your God, which you make for yourself. Therefore, I will send you into exile beyond Damascus, says the Lord, whose name is God Almighty. You see, the reason why that great day, great expectation didn't come to them is because they have been offering sacrifices and worship that God refused to accept. Even choice fellowship sacrifices, God said, I will not accept. I don't want to hear those worship songs because it's empty, it's meaningless. Why? Why would not God accept? These are the, His demands, isn't it? These are the, His laws that He tells the nation of Israel to, to offer sacrifices to Him. And yet He refused to accept those sacrifices. Why? Because of idols. Because the nation of Israel still bring the idols from Egypt, the idols that they have made into the tabernacle. And uh, they worship sun, moon, and stars as well. So because of idols, that is there. So God say, you didn't really bring those offerings to me, even though they offered to the Lord. Because your heart, you have idols in your heart. You have idols around that you continue to trust that you have learned from Egypt. So brothers and sisters, we Christians, we do not have physical idols, but many times we believe in God, but yet we have things that we hold on to, things that we trust, ways that we trust. These are idols, formless idols. Anything that takes the place of God is idols. So we still hold on to and as a result, we are not able to, to uh, change. We are not able to be transformed. Our sacrifices may not be accepted because of this mixture as we, as we see in the nation of Israel. So we got to, in order to offer sacrifices acceptable to God, we got to offer, we got to remove idols from our life. 
Stephen, before he was stoned to death, he preached this message. He quote from Amos. And let's go to Acts 7, verse 42 and see. He said, but God turned away from them and gave them over to the worship of the sun, moon, and stars. Disagree with what is written in the book of the prophets. Did you bring me sacrifices and offerings 40 years in the wilderness, people of Israel? So God is questioning them. You think you brought me sacrifices those 40 years? Isn't it amazing? God refused to accept those offerings and He will judge them. Rather than that glorious they appear, it will be darkness. It will be destruction. Okay, and uh, verse 44, Acts 7 verse 44, Our ancestors had the tabernacles of the covenant law with them in the wilderness. It had been made as God direct Moses according to the pattern he had seen. So can you imagine, it's not that God was not working, it's not that God was not speaking. God was speaking to Moses and God has made it very clear, plain to them what they are to do. But they did not obey because of idols that they trusted in. So we need to look into our life and examine ourselves, are there ways that we have hold on to that is stopping us from following God, that is stopping us from breaking through in our relationship with God because of those ways, because of those methods, because of those thoughts, because of those culture that we have hold on to. And we have to get rid of anything that stands against what God wants. And then the second thing in order to prepare a great day when Jesus comes, we must circumcise our hearts in order to be able to offer acceptable sacrifice. Verse 51 of Acts 7, Stephen continued to talk. Verse 51, You stiff-necked people, your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. You are just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. So God want us to circumcise our hearts and our ears so that we can hear His words. To circumcise is to cut off the flesh. Cut off the fleshly ear that wants to hear what it wants to hear rather than the voice of God. That wants to do what we want to do. The hearts want to do what we want to do rather than what God wants. And that's why stiff-necked people, stubborn people, they can't hear the voice of God. Even again and again, God comes in to want to break them, to want to cause them to be, to, to circumcise themselves. But even God failed. I hope I'm not blaspheming against God. God couldn't do anything with that generation of stubborn, stiff-necked people. He allowed circumstances to come 
in order to break them, in order to give them that kind of environment that they will let go and trust God. But no, they wouldn't. They murmur against God. They, 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 they quarrel with God's servant. They disobey blatantly what God has instructed. They complain. They refuse to obey God despite what God has done. You know, the Bible tells us for 10 times, 10 times, God provides the opportunity for them to be broken, for them to, to, to really circumcise their hearts and follow God, but they, they did not. Look at uh, Numbers 14. Numbers 14, 21. Nevertheless, as surely as I live and as surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth, not one of those who saw my glory and the signs I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, but who disobeyed me and tested me ten times, not one of them will ever see the land I promised on oath to their ancestor. No one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. So can you imagine? Ten times God God really allowed them to go through that kind of environment so that they will be purified, so that they will circumcise their heart, so that they will be broken instead of being stiff-necked. But they refuse. That's why I say God failed in that sense. So much so that God says it's hopeless. It's no use. Continue with these people because they were not changed. They are so stubborn, they are stiff-necked. They just trust in themselves, what they say, what they want. I'm going to destroy them, God said. Not one of them will enter into what I promise, into the promised land. Okay, so stiff-necked people, they, they, they always resist what the Holy Spirit is saying because they, they are not circumcised in their ears. They just want to hear what they want to hear. So that's why they always resist and, and the, we, we learn that the flesh and the spirit war against each other. And they provoke God to anger. Our God is full of mercy and patience, loving, long-suffering. This is our God. And yet God say, hey, it's enough. I have enough of these people. Get rid of them. Kill them. Destroy them. Because they are so stubborn and stiff-necked. Hopeless. I've enough. They provoke God to anger again and again because stubborn. They don't listen. Okay, and then they despise. They show contempt against God. Despite of what God has done, they are not grateful. They are not thankful people. They show contempt. They despise God. Can you imagine? Stiff-necked people can do that. Despise God. Despise the ways of God. And, uh, and they will persecute the prophets. Whoever brings the word of God to them, they will persecute. So the prophets is a servant of God who bring the Rima word into the life of those people. 
Verse 52 in Acts 7, Stephen continues to say, Was there ever a prophet your ancestor did not persecute? They even kill those who predict the coming of the righteous one. And now you have betrayed and murdered him. So can you imagine? Moses, the servant of God, the prophet who brought the word of God to them, they reject. And those prophets who predicted the coming of the Messiah, they persecute. Even Jesus, He's also the prophet who brought the word of God to them, the new covenant, the kingdom to them. They persecute. So Stephen was saying, was there ever a prophet your ancestors did not persecute? So can you imagine if our hearts are not circumcised, if we are stiff-necked, stubborn, we provoke God to anger and we reject and persecute the servant of God. So, how can we circumcise our heart? Deuteronomy 10 verse 16. It says, circumcise your hearts, therefore, and do not be stiff-necked any longer. It's your choice. It's only what you can do. Nobody can force you. Nobody can do it for you. You know, I've seen stubborn people, stiff-necked people. Really, it's, they are just what is being described. They can change if they want, but they don't want. Okay, so the Word of God is saying, do not be stiff-necked any longer. Circumcise your heart. Only you can do for yourself. Only you can decide what you want. Nobody can do it for you. So the flesh is always working against the spirit. So we got to remove idols, we got to circumcise our heart, and then thirdly, we got to function in the priesthood to offer acceptable sacrifice to God. We have to function in the priesthood to offer acceptable sacrifice to God to prepare for that great day. Why? Because only priests can offer sacrifice. And thank God we are all called to be priests. But we are all called to be in the royal priesthood, a holy priesthood. So we are not to function on our own, but rather to function in that priesthood. 1 Peter 2 Verse 5, you also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So let me give this word of warning to those who want to do their own thing. Even though they may be in church, they don't want to flow along with the church. They want to do their own thing. Again and again, we see people like that. Sooner or later, they will get into trouble. They will leave the church. Why? Because they will complain that you don't appreciate what they're doing. You see, it's all about self, you see. And so, that's why they want to go elsewhere, 
hoping that other people will appreciate what they do. You know, but we must work as one because we are a living stone. To build that spiritual house, we got to relate together, we got to unite together, we got to work as one with one purpose. And that's how we build that spiritual house. So we function in that holy priesthood. But if you want to function outside of that priesthood, you want to do your own thing because you are a priest, well, I'm not sure whether your sacrifice will be accepted because it's not about us. It's not about what we do. But rather we're building spiritual house. We're building, uh, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. So when we are building together, we're building on Jesus' solid rock. We're aligning ourselves, our purpose, our ways, everything in line with Jesus, what Jesus is, is telling us. And so that's why that spiritual sacrifice is acceptable. That's why what we do will bring glory and honour uh, to Him. So 1 Peter 4, verse 11. 1 Peter 4, verse 11. He says, If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised to Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Right? So whatever we do, we trust Him. We do what He wants. We serve Him. It's all about Him. It's nothing about self. So that's why we are not individualistic. We are not doing our own thing. We are doing it together because we are building His spiritual house together in that royal priesthood so that He gets all the glory and power so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. That's the calling of the priest, the royal priesthood, that we might declare the praises of Him. And that's what we are doing here when we function in the priesthood together to build that spiritual house. So when we build that house, the message that we preach is the cross. 1 Corinthians 1, 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. And that's why we learn to let go of ourselves, our self-will, align ourselves with Him, do what He wants. And this is what, what our message is. And the uh, Verse 24, but to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. So we just trust Him. He's our wisdom. He's our power. He's our strength. And He gets all the glory in all that we do as we function in this royal priesthood, this holy priesthood, to offer acceptable spiritual sacrifice to Him. So through our worship, 
God is looking for transformation, not just only in our life, but also in our environment, in our surrounding. Amos 5.24, we read this verse. But let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never-failing stream. When you do that, your sacrifice is acceptable because it's not about self. It's about God. It's about others. It's working together to build that holy nation. Getting ourselves ready for that day when He appears and we appear with Him in glory. So, once again, we need to remove idols from our hearts so that our sacrifice is pure sacrifice, is acceptable. We need to circumcise our hearts because God's way is not our ways so that we can receive His Word. And number three, we function in the priesthood, serving together to build that spiritual house. Everything is about Him. He gets all the glory, all the praise in all that we do in our lives, not just in church, but outside, so that justice rolls like a river. It touches outside. Everything we do, He gets the glory. So this is how we live worthy of Him, preparing for that great day when He is to appear and we are to appear with Him in glory. Shall we pray? Father, we thank You for Your calling upon our life. We thank You that You have made us priests, a kingdom of priests. And we want to offer ourselves to serve You as living sacrifice, offering spiritual sacrifices that is acceptable to you. Lord, we pray that your word will reveal to us the hidden idols, unseen idols, formless idols in our life so that we can break through, so that we can really move on and serve you and offer sacrifices that is totally for you. And Lord, we pray that our hearts will be tender and broken before you, that every hardness of heart, every stubbornness be cut off. Our ear and hearts be circumcised so that we can hear what you are saying to us. And Lord, we pray that we will not do our own things, but learn how to function and submit ourselves to one another, submit ourselves to authority within the body of Christ to build that spiritual house as priesthood to offer sacrifice to you. Lord, do this work in our life. Bless everyone. Open our minds and ears to hear your word. May your word be planted into our lives that will bring glory and honour to your name. We thank you, we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. The Lord bless you. We'll see you again uh, next week. Amen.